1: Marshall show this is mark Grimaldi in for leslie marshall just this one hour leslie will be back uh from her television appearance uh at 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific in the meantime, I may sound a little hoarse to you, and I may sound a little uh, more disorganized or disheveled than, than usual, than I, my usual disorganization that you would hear. Uh, and I, I think I have a good reason, a few good reasons that you'll all be, uh, maybe give me a break for. Um, uh, the reason I kind of sound hoarse is because I came from uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I went to the democracyawakening.org is the website, um, uh, rallies and peaceful protests and civil disobedience arrests uh, from this past Saturday through yesterday, um, which you can find more out about at democracyawakening.org. Uh, we're going to actually talk about that some more later, um, as well as potentially have some guests on who were there um, tomorrow. We'll have some guests on who were there. Uh, but essentially, if you check out the website, you'll see it was a, a very large gathering of actually, it ended up being over 300. Different organizations, um, many nonpartisan but strong uh, progressive groups like the NAACP, Public Citizen, as you heard some yesterday as Leslie had President of Public Citizen Robert Weissman on the show, uh, Greenpeace, um, excuse me, Every Voice, People for the American Way, a lot of uh, different great organizations. the CWA was there, the Communication Workers of America, as you know, they're uh, putting on a very large strike right now against uh, Verizon, uh, the AFL-CIO, uh, SEIU, so many different organizations. And essentially, um, this was a bunch of different organizations with strong progressive issues that weren't exactly the same issues figuring out that they needed to coalesce together to strengthen their voices um, by increasing their numbers and uh, essentially, their three main objectives are, number one, to uh, get money, the corrupting influence of money out of politics. Uh, number two, uh, restore and strengthen voting rights. And uh, number three, get fair hearings for President Obama's Supreme Court Justice uh, nominee. So it was an absolute, uh, absolutely incredible, I would say, so far, once-in-a-lifetime experience for me to be a part of that. Um, and when I was flying home yesterday to my hometown of Buffalo... Uh, Donald Trump, who was originally supposed to speak Sunday, moved his rally uh, to last night after there was word that there was going to be a lot of protesters. Um, I guess figuring that there might be less if he moved it to a weekday, a weeknight versus uh, you know a Sunday. So I called my wife and I said, you know, listen, uh, I know I'm supposed to be coming home right now, but there's uh, you know I'm reading on Facebook right before my phone's going to be turned off on the airplane that. Um, it's not until 7, and my flight was supposed to land at 5, so I said, you know, these, this peaceful protest group, uh, which I want to give a shout-out to uh, on Facebook, I found, which was uh, uh, peaceful protests, uh, I think against Donald Trump it was called, but it was the only major one I found on Facebook uh, for, for the Buffalo area for the rally last night, which was at uh, First Niagara Center in Buffalo, New York. Um, when I, uh, I did end up going, when I got there, there was, uh, hundreds of people gathered outside of first Niagara center, which were, they, the police actually did a good job. They had it barricaded off to one side of, um, the street where there was all the protesters. And on the other side of the street, there was an entrance for all of the people who were attending the Trump rally to go inside. So the protesters, which I will tell you were of all different races, genders, uh, you know, sexual preference. And the way I knew that was by some of the signs or advocating for different sexual preference, um, like strong LGBT groups, uh, transgender rights, um, civil rights, just all different. uh, Just a very beautiful mix of different uh, groups advocating uh, for their rights and against the xenophobia and hate that Donald Trump uh, has spoken about uh and advocated for on the campaign trail so far so uh i was taking part in that and it was very cool essentially as the trump people were going in people were chanting things like love trump's hate um there was one chant that i thought was pretty creative it was uh racist sexist anti-gay donald trump go away and then oh god i'm trying to think of the other one there was some really good ones i have to say oh there was people bringing their little kids into the Trump rally, which I just thought you know it really bothered me because some of them were so little that obviously they had no choice um and people were saying uh chanting things like uh your child should not be filled with hate, which I thought was pretty you know obviously it's those parents' choice, but the kids don't really have a choice so anyway the the protests were going very well, getting a lot of coverage people not a lot i I have to say, but the Trump people would usually you know film us with their cameras uh, a few of them gave us the middle finger and i have to say i did not see now maybe they did but i did not see one protester give the middle finger back instead they would give the peace sign or make a heart with their hands with their two hands and you know one woman yelled we still love you which i thought was awesome this one man who gave us all the middle finger and got peace signs and hearts back and some woman said we still love you just looked absolutely dumbfounded it was probably i wish i would have gotten it on on um on uh, video from my phone. Um, but that was one of my favorite moments of the protests outside. So I was about to leave and I, I you know, some girl mentioned she was going inside and I said, oh, I wish I would have gotten a ticket. You know, I didn't have time. I was in D.C. Sure enough, she says, oh, well, my friend, you know, couldn't go. So uh, I actually have an extra ticket, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to go to this thing. My wife is absolutely going to kill me. I already had to beg to go to this thing because I haven't been home you know, in days, and I have a little baby girl I want to see. Um, so I called her, and I said... You know, let me Skype you. I want you to see this protest, and it was really cool. I showed her everybody. My daughter is watching all the people with their signs and everything, and um, you know, people saying hi to her and giving her the peace sign, and it was really neat. So um, I kind of you, I kind of I, I had a devious plan there. I said, "Look at, isn't this great?" And then I said, "You know, this girl has an extra ticket to go inside." I said, "You know, I won't be in there very long. I want to, you know, uh, make my voice heard and, and protest." And then I'm sure I'll be escorted out, and I'll just come home. So, uh, God bless my wife. She uh, she gave me the green light. Yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm whipped, whatever you want to call it. I had to check with my wife first, but I'll tell you, I I went in good conscience, knowing conscience knowing that my wife was cool with it. So um, I go in, and uh, I will tell you the term whiteout. Uh, does not do uh, justice of what it looked like inside First Niagara Center, which holds eighteen thousand six hundred ninety people I checked yesterday, and I will tell you it was not full. I took pictures of the arena, which I know well because I go to different hockey and lacrosse games there I have you know since it 's been built and there 's three levels there 's the one hundred two hundred and three hundred level with the one hundred being lowest you know, to the ground and 300 being the highest. Now, there were people on the floor, which there's not usually during hockey or or lacrosse games. However, much of the 300 level was completely empty. Um, But of the people there, I'm sure there were more than this, but I literally counted one African-American man. Every single other person I saw was white. Every single, and it was astounding. I mean, I thought it would be predominantly white, but not that white. Um, so it, and if you if you contrast that with the groups of people that I saw outside at the protest and I actually took pictures of and um, you know took videos of which i 'll post on leslie 's Facebook page um, later on uh, you 'll get a sense of the different types of people that were inside and outside of this event now, if you go um, you know, if you, so you go into this rally. I, I go in, and I was by myself. I actually asked some people if they were going to be uh, going in and protesting, and I couldn't. The people I had spoken with earlier who had tickets had already gone in when I was still finding out if I uh, if I'd be allowed by my wife to go in. Sounding like such a, a strong, independent person here. Um, no, but all joking aside, so I go in and I, I look, and I'm like, okay, where's Donald Trump going to be? Where's the stage? Where's his podium? and uh that's your cliffhanger i'll tell you uh what happened uh uh once i got inside and what i decided to do once we get back from the break um i also want to hear your experiences if you've protested before it doesn't have to be a donald trump rally have you done any protests inside or outside of a rally why did you protest um and i want to get a feel uh if donald trump has come to your town or if he was going to come to your town would you protest? Would you go out and make your voice heard if you if you disagreed with him or, or any candidate? Um, and would you do so outside of the event and or inside of the event? So uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Again, this is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. If you want to give me a call and let me know uh, an answer to any of those questions, the number to do so is 888 6 That's 888-653-7543, 888 888- Six five three seven five four three I'd like to know again, if you've uh, protested before, what were you protesting? How did it go? and uh, if Donald Trump has come to your city or if he is going to be, or even if he hasn't, and he was going to, I'd love to know would you uh, would you protest him or any other political candidate that came to your city, and if so, would you do so outside and or inside? The rally. Give us a shout eight 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 six Leslie. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break, and I'll tell you the rest of my Donald Trump story. Life, liberty,
0: and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Eight 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 six Leslie.
1: Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. Again, as a reminder, Leslie will be back at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. So at the end of this hour, uh, as she returns from TV. But until then, I will uh, continue my story about my experience uh, outside and inside of the Donald Trump rally, which was inside uh, or be- being held in my hometown of Buffalo, New York. Uh, last night. So, uh, and again, if you'd like to join in, you're more than welcome to do so. Eight 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 six Leslie. That's eight 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 six five three seven five four three. Just want to hear your experiences. If you've ever protested before, uh, it doesn't have to be a Donald Trump rally. It doesn't even have to be against uh, a Republican. Have you pro- or, or a single candidate? If it's an issue, uh, what was your protesting experience like? Would you encourage others to protest things they disagree against publicly? And uh, if Donald Trump or any other politician came to your city, that uh, you disagreed with very strongly would you go protest do you think you would would you do so and if you if you did would you do so outside or and or inside of uh the event uh, again eight 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 six five three seven five four three. so back to my story so i got into the event uh with the ticket that someone had an extra ticket because you had to call or email ahead of time to get a ticket to get into the event So I went inside, I was looking around, trying to find out where the podium was, where Donald Trump was going to be speaking. I I located it, uh, went around the arena, you know, outside of where the seating is in the general hallway there, found the section which was behind where Trump was going to be speaking with the idea that the cameras would capture if someone, you know, did some sort of a protest. So... I went down and, uh, was looking around. And just, just to give you a background, I'm, i I'll bring this up for a reason I'll explain later, but uh, you may guess why. I'm, a, a Caucasian male and I was wearing a shirt and tie and khakis because I had come from an event in D.C. Like I said, I literally didn't even go home. I got off the plane and went right to the protest and then to the rally. So, um, a lot of other people in the bottom section behind the stage were dressed in a similar manner and, like I said before, were white also. So I kind of blended in pretty easily. uh, And then the very last section, there was a security guard, and I thought maybe he was going to ask, you know, if you had a special ticket, but it it did... My ticket, all the tickets I saw were general seating. So basically, um, I... Pretended uh, that I was voice texting someone asking them what row they were in, and then uh, the man was kind of looking at me. And then I waved as if I saw someone down below near behind where Trump was going to be sitting. And then no one stopped me, so I just kept walking down and, and I, I saw one seat open about three or four rows behind where Donald Trump was going to be speaking, where the podium was. And I asked the gentleman, uh, the two guys where the seat was i said is anyone sitting here and they said well someone was but they left so you can sit here and you know unless they come back the seat is yours so i sat down blended in you know made small talk about buffalo which i know well because it's my hometown i still live here uh didn't really talk a whole lot about Trump, actually. Uh, there was some talk about Rex Ryan because the Buffalo Bills coach uh, was introducing Donald Trump, which was a really dumb move by his part to do a uh, political endorsement, You know, especially when you represent a football team that has people of all different political bents. but number two, to do so for uh, potentially the most divisive uh, political candidate in recent American history. Uh, but anyhow, so I have zero respect for him now. Um not that my football team has garnered much since they haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, aside from that, uh, you know, he came out, introduced uh, introduced Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes out, you know, does the big, you know, waving to everybody. All his supporters are cheering. And shortly after that, the speech starts. And as some of you may have read in the coverage, uh, a group of, I think it was almost, I don't know, 10 or 12 people, Uh, started blowing whistles and, uh, linked arms, I think, and like laid down on the floor and the sheriff's office, which is a whole nother story why they were doing security there was, but anyway, they were providing security, um, tried to get the people to get up on their own and were unable to. So uh and the people like made their bodies go limp and the police had to drag them out. So I didn't know all that at that point. I just saw people being dragged out and I'm thinking, Oh man, what have I gotten myself into? And uh I have, I have a herniated two herniated discs in my back. So I was like, man, I hope I don't get roughed up too bad. So I was kind of having some second thoughts, but I was like, there's zero, you know, there's no way I'm going to back out. There's just no way I have to do this. I feel so strongly about it. So, um, he gets a little more into the speech and my idea was to wait for some sort of a lull into the speech where it was kind of quiet. And there wasn't a lot of uh there wasn't a lot of gaps. As you know, Trump doesn't really shut up very often and when he does talk he's very loud, so and we'd give him a microphone, you know, it's tough. But anyway, um you know, so he's talking, he's talking, and you know, a couple other people have gotten thrown out since. So I went out into the aisle and I pretended I was taking pictures and um Sure enough, there was a lull in the crowd, and like I said, I was only about three rows b- behind where he was speaking, and I, I shouted as loud as I could and cut my hands. That I said, hate is not a family value. You're not welcome in Buffalo, and I just kept shouting it. And the sheriff down below, there was a sheriff, and then there was a, a guy who had a vest on that said Secret Service, and they were looking at me dumbfounded. And then they, I saw them looking to my left and to my right like I don't know if they thought it was someone else because they just saw a white guy in a tie and 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 uh a shirt and tie Uh, but it took them a minute to realize what was going on and then one of them came up to me and grabbed my arm not that hard actually and said all right come on get out of here so i i went peacefully walked up the stairs and uh two of the sheriffs you know walked me out into the hallway and there was just an awkward silence and uh you know, they were escorting me out, but only one guy, like I said, had his hand on my arm. You know, I had, I put my hands behind my back. I thought maybe I was going to get handcuffed. Nothing like that. We get outside of the, into the hallway of the arena, and they thanked me for being peaceful and, uh, you know, listening to them and being respectful. And I said, hey, I know you're just doing your job. So they took me down into a little room, and uh, there was other protesters in there. And someone was asking me whether or not they had the right to do this, but they asked us for I- our ID's. And uh, they said they were scanning, you know, looking at our licenses to make sure that there were no outstanding warrants out for our arrest. Uh, After that, they released us, uh, escorted us out of the building, asked us not to come back in. And we walked out into a throng of cheering uh, protesters who cheered us uh, as we got escorted out of the arena. So it was an absolutely great experience. I'm very happy that I did it. Uh, Again, would love to know if you've protested before. And if you haven't, if Donald Trump came to your city would you protest? If so, would you do so inside and or outside of the rally? The number to call is 888 6 That's 888-653-7543. Again, this is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. I am now joined by a good friend of the show who's been on uh, many times before, George Zornick, who is a writer for TheNation.com. You can check out his work at TheNation.com. His latest piece is actually on a topic that uh, I was just talking about my personal experience in uh, as I uh, was protesting outside and then inside of the Donald Trump rally in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, uh, last night. George, welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. How are you doing today?
0: Hey, good. Thanks for having me back on.
1: Absolutely. So, George, uh, for those of you who don't know, is George? You're a Buffalo native, right?
0: That's right. Grew up in Buffalo and went to university of Buffalo.
1: That's right. Yep. So you know, uh, you know, usually when uh, or anyway, what I had been in first Niagara Center before, it had been to watch uh, our Buffalo Sabers not do so hot most of the time, <laughs> at least for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was definitely a different experience being in there at a Donald Trump rally. And um, you know, something I noticed, which I guess I, I wasn't. Hugely surprised by. But when you see it with your own eyes, first person, it is kind of stunning. As um, as I had previously mentioned, when I was outside of the protests, the absolute uh, diversity of the group protesting. There were people of all races, um, you know, genders. There was strong presence from the LGBT community and the transgender community they um, are actually part of the LGBT community there. But, uh, you know, there was a really good presence from all the different groups being represented. And I was very happy with how peaceful the protests were, very strong and verbal. But um, there were people who were giving us the middle finger and people would shoot peace signs back or make a, a heart with their hands. Um, and the, the protesters who were giving people the finger and getting that back were so just dumbfounded and confused. And the look on their face was just absolutely priceless. Um, and I think it's such a great message when you're greeted, you know, with hate and and you make your voice heard, but you do so in a peaceful manner and you don't um, get goaded into these arguments and these fights with these people. Now, that was outside. When you go inside, it was a completely different story. I mean, I I, I literally saw one African-American male who was on the floor uh, of the Trump rally mm-hmm. who looked like a, a supporter. He had a Trump sign in his hand and was, you know, Basically, like cheering Trump, I, I I could tell I watched for a little while, and I'm sure there were more than that, but it was quite a whiteout, if you will. Uh, the other thing that that kind of struck me was the amount of children, small children, that were brought yeah. in by their parents, and it really bothered me to see that. And even the crowd outside, when they would see someone bring their child in, would yell, um, "Your child!" or would chant, "Your child should not be filled with hate." It was also funny. A couple of people brought their dogs in and people would yell, your dog should not be filled with heat. But, you know, all joking aside, you wrote about uh, a series uh, or a group of protesters uh, who laid or uh, I think they sat or laid on the floor um, and made it difficult for security to bring them out to try to disrupt the rally as much as possible. And I. Um, the story I told, I'll, I'll, I won't tell the whole story again, but I was by myself in there because I didn't plan on going in. I got a ticket at the last minute. And I was saying it was a very different experience for me because I'm a Caucasian male. I was wearing a shirt and tie because I had just come from D.C. As, uh, I was at the Democracy Awakening uh, movements, actually, mm-hmm. uh, in the House meeting with different congressional members. So I was still dressed like that. And the area I went down uh, behind where Trump was going to be speaking, um, I was only three or four rows behind him. I just found an open seat. Um, you know, I was treated much differently uh, when I when I, I went into the aisle, uh, pretended I was taking a picture in the middle of the rally and started shouting, hate is not a family value, you're not welcome in Buffalo. And the people, the sheriffs, it took a minute for them to realize what was going on. They were scanning. I saw them look at me and they kept looking to my left and my right, almost looking for someone else. Um, and then they realized it was me doing it it was but it was weird because you could clearly see it was me I was cupping my hands so um, just to see that the way almost their preconceived notion about you know what a protester might look like or um, where they might be in the arena was very interesting um, but you wrote a very good story again I would recommend people if they want to check out more go to the nation.com and it's called hate is not welcome here uh, specifically about the protesters who were removed and kind of what their goal was and why they did what they did, um, and also how they were treated um, after they were detained. So can you kind of just give us a a little bit of a taste of of their story and, and what they had to say to you?
0: Sure. This was a group of people, um, all young, all young folks, residents of Buffalo, um, who decided that they wanted to take something on that was a, a step beyond sort of holding up a sign outside the arena or doing what would be, you know, considered a normal, um, protest. There was a march up Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo the day before the rally where, where folks marched from Bigwell Park, um, downtown and back. And they wanted to take it a step further and they thought that, um, if they engaged in some, Civil disobedience—that it would really um, not only make waves, but let people know that they were kind of putting their bodies and their actions behind their words. So you're right. Right after Trump started speaking, they all—it was about 15 of them—and they all linked hands and started a, a loud anti-racist, anti-Trump chant. And then when the cops came, they immediately dropped to the floor, still sort of linked together. So it was very difficult to remove them. And it was—it was kind of funny. I happened to be in the media pen right behind them, and it was funny seeing the Erie County Sheriff's roll up and and just seeing this chain of people on the floor and just looking kind of momentarily panicked because they really didn't know how, you know, how are they supposed to move these people out? And and, and they told me after I went down to Central Booking downtown after when when some of the protesters were getting released and, and talked to them about it. And they said, you know, that they had noticed in a lot of other um Trump protests that they would disrupt. But then when the cops came, they would leave. So they just thought, well, let's not leave and let's see what happens. Um Luckily for them, only I, I believe two of the inside group got arrested while the rest were just sort of let go, you know, booted out of the arena. And that's that. Uh, it wasn't really clear why the, the two that were arrested were, but that was good for them. Now, what's interesting is the other half of this group, Um, was protesting outside, and it was only the the white members of this group who went inside. And I thought that was interesting, and I asked them about it, and they said it was sort of – it was kind of like they made a decision as a group that um, white people have to kind of go in and and get their people, you know, that they have to – communicate in a way, um, to their, I guess, fellow white residents of Buffalo that this is, that this is not okay. So there were a lot of protests outside too. I think they briefly tried to block the Metro Rail that was leaving the arena, which was really the only way to get in and out of there, as you know, because they they banned parking um for quite a considerable distance around the arena, but the the police presence was too strong and there weren't quite enough protesters, so they weren't able to do that. But it was fascinating to see amidst all the kind of mania that Trump brought, these these people standing up and, and really taking a stand.
1: Yeah, George it's it's so funny. I actually happened to be on the metro when it when those people marched and, and uh Got in front of the metro and it just stopped and we were all sitting on the metro and didn't really know what was going on because we had seen the the protesters go by and the doors were open, like still letting people in. So we were giving them thumbs up and stuff like that. And then it wasn't moving. So we kind of were looking like the windows uh, on the front of the metro are dark. So you can't really see going forward. So finally, we found this window. And we went up and the driver was just standing, you know, with the doors open, just looking at the people. And we were like, I was like, I'm getting off. I want to go see what's going on, you know. So sure enough, you know, to see all these people there and, and you're right, the police all of a sudden, you know, I, I've seen stuff like this on television. But I've, you know, never, you know, producing radio versus doing something like like you are, you know, an on the ground in-person reporter. I've never actually seen a, a large police presence disperse protesters in person so i was scared only because i've seen what's happened to people before and the police you know had their clubs out and everything and then there was there were police on horseback um and they came in and no one i saw got like You know, thrown to the ground, but it's because the protesters were very cooperative when the police came through and were kind of like pushing them, but not like throwing them to the ground. And they did get out of the way, but they kept chanting and protesting. And I, you know, I was so proud of my city last night, George. Honestly, I've never personally witnessed anything like that before. And I was talking to some people in the crowd just as a protester myself amazing it was that something as hateful and um, just xenophobic as Trump has, you know, the, the yin and the yang of it is the, the, the flip side of the coin is it's brought out people of all different races and genders um, and just socioeconomic status together um, and, and basically saying this is our city, we're not going to stand by and let this happen, you know, not on our watch essentially and it was just absolutely, its I'll never forget it, it was one of the best moments I've ever had and I I've I've lived here all my life. Um, So it was really powerful for me uh, to witness that. And I I thought it was interesting what you brought up about how they decided as a group to have the white protesters go in, because I think it does bring up questions of race, especially when you see the crowds that Donald Trump attracts. You know, whether we like it or not, I almost think it, it gets more attention and um, it's 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 unfair. It's almost another form of racism that the white protesters being removed almost are treated as a more serious you know, news event than if it was, uh, you know, right. black people or a mix of races being removed. So I think, you know, it definitely seems like a strategic move and I, people definitely seem to take notice. So I, I think it's it's very fascinating that that happened. And I'm happy that you asked asked them that question, because it's something that brings up kind of a you know, it, it opens up a whole nother can of worms, if you will.
0: Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think, um, and this is not—I don't know if this is why they didn't go in. I know just personally, if if I were a person of color that was going to go in and protest at Trump Trump rally, I would be extremely worried about my personal safety more so um, than I would be just as a white guy. But what was really interesting too about about this group is that they were all very very young. And you're right, I have not seen things like this in Buffalo really ever. I'm I'm 33 years old, and, and that's funny. There, so right, I'm, I'm 33 also. <laughs> <laughs> so all these, so then yeah, so you know all the all these kids that got arrested were all younger than me by yeah by a noticeable amount. I don't think I'm all that old, so I think part of it is generational. You know, I I think it's something one of them mentioned, and I think it's true that there really haven't been the, the most number of people that got arrested in one day in Buffalo that anyone can remember was back in the Occupy Buffalo thing, and that was a little different because uh, Byron Brown, the mayor, offered them a permit and they they purposely refused it um which was fine and they had a strategic reason for doing that but but this kind of civil disobedience is just something that we haven't seen in a long time in Buffalo and as you know there there are no shortage of things that you could Protests in Buffalo. I mean, there's a lot of problems in the city. There's a lot of opportunity for organizing, and so I think what the big lesson here is. I mean, a lot of people are focused about what is Trump doing to the Republican Party and how is he changing what you know rank and file conservatives expect from their leaders. But what's interesting too is what is he doing. To the counter movement that's springing up around Trump, and that's and that, or counter movements that already exist that are being invigorated by Trump, you know, what's going to be the legacy of the activists that are are getting up now to to push back against Trump? Well, he's not going to be around forever. I would think not that long at all. So, but what happens from there? I'm, I'm sure these folks are not going to just kind of put their signs away and stop their protests. So that's going to be really interesting to watch.
1: No, I think that's a key point that you bring up, George, and it's something I want to talk about more uh, after the commercial break, kind of how I got involved in this. And um, I think a lot of other people will – probably have similar experiences of, of how uh, how they connected, and uh, people won't be surprised to find out via social media, but we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. I also wanted to talk a little bit uh, with the time that we have left about um, the New York primary and uh, some other stuff that the nation's been reporting on, so we'll talk about that with George Zornick, a reporter for the nation.com. If you'd like to call in, the number to do so is 888 6 That's 888-653-7543. Again, check out George's work at the nation.com. The piece that we're discussing today is called Hate is not welcome here, and you can find it at thenation.com.